Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey Podcast. I'm joined today and I'm joined by what is happening, Jason? Like, I'm doing this intro and I can't tell if you're just playing, you know, pocky hockey, pocket Ooh. hockey, or, or or you had like a, an itch oh. you needed to scratch? Nope. I'm two pots of tea in at this point and uh, yeah, things have become a bit touch and go. I'm good. Keep going. Keep, right. Finish your introduction. Okay. Don't worry about me. Okay. Uh, so who Where were you? Where were you? Where was I? Joshua Hatton with the One Nation Under Whiskey <laughs> Podcast. I'm joined today and I'm joined as always by my good friend, my business partner, my mate, my 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 Thanksgiving dinner partner. Oh, oh, oh yes. 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 <laughs> Mr. Still, I'm still digesting. Can I introduce you, or do you just want to keep talking over the intro? <laughs> What's happening now is happening right now. So you, in case you weren't aware, are Jason Johnston Yellen. Thank you. Thank you. My my existential angst has ended with the confirmation that I am Jason Johnston Yellen. Thank you for that. Much appreciated. Well, Welcome to the podcast, everybody. What So... You've been calling it a pad cost every now and again, and I can't remember what the origin of calling it a pad cost is. It was your lips and teeth being in upside down, (laughs) and uh, it's just a way that you accidentally called it one day, and it sounded wonderfully Australian, and we've adopted it as our own. So periodically, we call it the pad cost. The pad cost. So I just... Because if you remember when we spoke with Adol Rafai uh-huh. of, of Hello from the Magic Tavern. I do indeed, yeah. She talked about the way to get into the Australian accent it was rise up lights. Rise. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Rise up lights. Something like that. Yeah. And so there you go. So we had our own little pad cost that was tangentially influenced by the great Adol Rafai. So what you're saying is Australians don't know how to pronounce podcast. Oh, I love I love the sound of it. I love the way it comes out. Podcast sounds just sounds mm, like there's more meat on those bones. <laughs> you know, podcast. All right, okay, yeah, fine. That, that sounds that sounds all right. But I podcast. I could imagine listening to that on the beach, <laughs> sun blazing down on me. I'm wearing SPF a thousand. I'm under. Uh, a jet black umbrella, mm-hmm. probably made from PVC. Mm-hmm. Still getting sunburnt. Uh-huh. Still getting sunburned, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so that, yeah, that's what, that's what pad cost makes okay. me think okay. of. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe our listeners could write in and tell us what they think of when they hear pad cost. We're going to get a hundred emails that say, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no. Have you met our listeners? I've met a few. Lucky as we are. You know, speaking of that, I I was in Massachusetts just last week, just a few days before going down to see you for Thanksgiving. Down there? Yeah, going you down there. You, you came down there for Thanksgiving? Uh-huh. Uh, I was at the Whiskey Extravaganza event up in Boston, which... Used to be run by the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, but they sold it or something like that, and it belongs to someone else. I don't know. Anyway, hmm. 
Um, but I had a few people stop me at the event saying, hey, big fan of the podcast. Wonderful news. Yeah. Good to hear it. Yeah, there was a really nice couple. Just as I was leaving, I was saying goodbye to, uh, to Bikram, and there was a really nice couple that came by uh, to say hello and say that they really enjoyed the podcast. And I think I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to forget. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name. But he had mentioned, too, that he just picked up one of our Lechigs. I think it was the Lechig 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And and just how much he he really enjoyed that lechig, awesome. Yeah. So so to answer your question, yes, I have met our listeners, and they come up and say nice things all the time. But you know what? He pronounced it a podcast, not podcast. Hey, either or. I'm I'm an equal opportunity podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> You're an equal opportunity podcaster. It's all good. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's all good in the pood. Oh, okay. How do I get us out of that one? Um. (laughs) So speaking of writing in, you and I are going to release our third mailbag episode on February 12th of next year, 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just like we've done in previous years, we would love, love, love to hear from our listeners so that we can answer questions on the mailbag episode and <clears throat> excuse me I got a bit choked up there thinking about the end of season three <laughs> season three we've hardly known you and <sighs> do you want to do you want to tell because obviously it's the 21st century mm-hmm. you don't just have to send an email you could send a Facebook message you could yeah. DM us on Instagram yep yep okay but how, how do the good people get us Joshua well so the first thing that they need to know if they want to get their question in for the mailbag episode, that episode itself, like you said, it drops in February, specifically February 12th. But we need a little time to build the episode and to research some of these questions. Uh, <laughs> oh, to research some of these Listen to you. Do you, do you not Listen want to do research to this time? You. No? <laughs> we haven't done any research ever. What are you talking about? Yeah, I figured for you know for the end of season three, like maybe we'll do some work. <laughs> no chance. No chance. There's no chance of that happening. Um, so yeah, what's the deadline going to be? January thirty-one, February one, there thereabouts. Now I would like these questions to us by January thirty-first. <laughs> No, I totally agree. <laughs> no, you're spot on. No, exactly that. <laughs> okay, I'll change it up. Man, um, you're, 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 wow, your relationship with the English language is somewhat tangential. <laughs> well, then you had me, you know, at, at first I thought it'd be a good idea to, to research these. And then when you kind of laughed at me, I, I stand by it. <laughs> I thought, well, geez, you know, maybe this isn't how we do things. Um, <laughs> maybe we just continue to do it half-assedly. Um, well, we just we just pull from our experience. Well, we spoke to this person about that thing, and they said this. They know things. We're just communicating what they told us. So. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I don't think that needs a deep dive. We don't need to overcomplicate <sighs> things around here. Anyway, get us your questions by mm-hmm. January thirty-first. Yep. You could email 
the questions to questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. Mm-hmm. You could tweet at us at One Nation Whiskey. Uh, one Nation Whiskey, okay. Yep, yep. You could send us private Instagram messages at One Nation Under Whiskey. One Nation Under Whiskey. And then you could always reach reach us through our Facebook page. Well, we have a page and we have a group. If you just look for One Nation Under Whiskey in the Facebook search bar, you'll find either the page or the group. And you can send us a message to either Facebook destination. It's up to you. And remember, Perfect. remember... This is perhaps the most important thing. If you really want to get your question in, if you go to reach out to us through one of these three ways, make sure you spell whiskey without the E. If you throw the E in it, it just messes everything up. Throws a, a, a cog, no, throws a wrench in the machine, puts the monkey on a stick. It's monkeys with typewriters <laughs> writing garage manuals. I don't know what's happening. And and what I would also say to people is don't don't start to get nervous about your question or overthink your question or don't think, oh, I bet they covered this before. We're pulling in new listeners all the time. All the time. Not everybody goes back through the, the full back catalogue. And so, yeah, jump in with your question. Don't worry about it. Don't think this is a stupid question. Just, you know, we're stupid. We're going to give you a stupid answer, so don't stress it. Speak for yourself. I Honestly, I was speaking on your behalf, but here we are. <laughs> so okay. with that said, yeah. should we... Here's, here's what I want to do. Go ahead. We had the pleasure of spending Thanksgiving together with our families. We did. First time in six years that we've done Thanksgiving together. It was, together. Yeah, six yeah. years. Yeah. And, uh, and so thank you again to you four Hattons for coming down to Virginia. It was wonderful to see you all and spend time with you. Thanks for hosting us. Well, speaking of the hosting, we had some pours together. We did. We did indeed. Was there something that jumped out for you out of what we were, we were tasting? I, I know what jumped out for me. So we had... Well, we had maybe eight different whiskeys, something like that. Something like that. And there were two whiskeys in particular that I think were the winners of, I wouldn't even call it Thanksgiving Day, because we were over your house the next evening as well Mm -hmm. uh, for a nice little Shabbat dinner. And my two favorite whiskeys of the trip were the Anach 16. Mm-hmm. You simply can't beat that. It's just glorious. And the Westland, five-year-old that spent time in uh, Muscatel, Sherry Cask. And that was a fresh bottle that was open just for oh, Thanksgiving. Glorious. Glor- and it was it was up against a 25-year-old uh, Glenn Farkless. It was up against some Bamore and some Whistle Pigs. And, and that youngster just was really nothing short of perfection. It was glorious. Yeah, yeah the Muscatel did remarkable things to the Westland spirit. Uh, that, that for me, is, is my most memorable of the, of the couple of days of tasting yeah, that we yeah. did. Um, but also sipping away on the Samurai Scientist from Whistlepig was yeah. very tasty as well. That's a big, big whiskey. But it's a huge whiskey, and what I what I love about it, what I love about what they have been doing, is they're 
they're taking rye out of its comfort zone and just presenting new flavors. And those, um, how do you pronounce it again? Umishu? Umishu? Yeah. Umishu? Umishu? Umishu. <laughs> this is Jason not touching that with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> uh, basically, like a Japanese plum wine brandy kind of drink. Rye, rye casks in that type of oak. It was just wild and delicious. Yeah, I, I love that Japanese plum note to it. Mm. I think that real rich, unctuous fruitiness mm-hmm. does so well with the 16-year-old rye presence. Yeah. Um, that Yeah, just, just sitting there, sitting on it, especially when you're having a holiday that's got pumpkin pie and apple pie and squash pie. It's... There's a lot of heavy, heavy flavors around, and that's a whiskey that could not only stand up to them, but also yeah. cut through them. So, yeah, the, the Westland and Muscatel and the Samurai Scientist both had my attention for a very rich holiday. And you know that I don't like to find plum notes in whiskey, but, mm. it, but the rye spice balanced that plum note out so well for me. Yeah, no, no, they embrace each other very nicely. So yeah. good, cool. Right. I was curious. You know, we we talk about it a little bit. You know, off air, in person, while mm. we're consuming. But I, I was just curious. Now you've had a chance to reflect after you've driven back to Connecticut, uh, which one still resonated in your mind? Well, I'll tell you that drive back to Connecticut. <sighs> you know what? You know when you're following your GPS, and it says, "Okay, you will be home at such and such a time," and you say. That's beautiful. Thank you for this information. And and you, you now have a signpost. The signpost says, you will end here. But then traffic builds up, and that signpost moves out a little bit. And then it moves out a little more. And then it moves out a little more. And, uh, yeah, every, every 15 minutes or so, I'd get a little note from Waze saying, traffic seems to be building up on such and oh. such a highway. Your new estimated time home is X. Thanksgiving Fuck. travel is miserable. Yeah. Miserable. Turning our attention now to the subject of today's interview, we have the legend himself. Oh, should I drum roll here? I should drum roll here. It's already in the masthead. It's always more exciting for us talking about it than it is actually delivering I know, I just, the I just like a really good drum roll. Okay, here comes the drum roll. Oh no, it's been going on this whole time. Hope you're enjoying the drum roll. <laughs> I did what this sounds like in the actual <laughs> podcast. If from, from here on out, there's just going to be a drum roll throughout the entire episode. <laughs> and it's Mark Watt. Did we already say his name? <laughs> did we say his name? I don't know. This is like the world's worst drum roll introduction. <laughs> All right, I'll stop the drum roll. There we go. Yeah, it's Mark Watt. A guy with whom we have previously spoken. Episode four. And he comments that he had his best posh voice on that day. I I don't believe it. Because (laughs) I don't believe he has a posh voice. (laughs) And that's why I would recommend anybody who, who is new to the podcast to go back to episode four and listen to Mark Watt and say to yourself... This is his posh voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, we have we have been in love with Mark Watt for a long yeah, time at long this while. point, mm-hmm. and we we didn't know him in his Duncan Taylor days. No, 
which were the, the precursor to his days with Cadenheads in Campbelltown. Cadenheads, yeah. But we, we got along with him famously. We're speaking about him like he's dead. We get he was along a good man. He was a good with him. <laughs> he will be remembered by many, uh, some fondly, <laughs> uh, and some with relief that he's no longer among us. Mark, you were a good man. <laughs> so, no, and he, he yeah, go ahead. He has always done a, a magnificent job of hosting our our tour groups at the Cadenheads Warehouse, popping bungs, mm-hmm. and and sharing sharing wonderful whiskey with us. And I was going to be at my first malt stock. You were going to be at your third malt third, stock. Yep. We had a UK European release of Single Cast Nation coming for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And you and I spoke quietly to ourselves mm-hmm. about it being an amazing, magical, wonderful thing if we could share the stage with Mark Watt. Oh my god. Who yeah. is who is a legend in many places, but especially at Maltstock. Indeed. And and you and I thought that would be a wonderful thing. We approached Mark, and he also thought it would be a wonderful thing. And we approached Toon, you know, who we interviewed a few episodes ago, uh, who co-organizes Maltstock with his team. Mm-hmm. And we said, could we do this? We're on board, Mark's on board, Cadenhead's on board. And he said, yes. Yeah. It was yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. You know, I... I, I was thinking about the the tasting itself, which our listeners are going to hear very shortly. <laughs> and I was thinking about it in conjunction with the fact that Mark, as of the as of the day of us recording this introduction, Mark Watt and Cadenheads have parted ways. It's a strange feeling. It's a very strange feeling, but I, I just it feels good to be, you know, in, in the final months of his employment with Cadenheads, it feels good to have had that tasting with him, that time with him, because he's someone who, when we first got into this business, you know, you heard the name, everybody's speaking highly of him, of course, and you get to know him professionally, right? Hmm. And... Then over the years, you get to know him personally and very much on a friendship level. And and for me, it was so nice to be pouring alongside this person who, from a professional standpoint, there are a few people in the industry I respect more than Mark. And then from the standpoint of, hey, we're getting to do this tasting event with a good friend. And yeah, it was nice to be a bit of a um, uh, a bit of a punctuation to his time at Cadenheads that we can somehow have been a part of that, where he is really well known in in malt stock. We're doing a tasting alongside him, and then a few months later, you know, he's he decides to move on to start doing his own thing. I I like that we were in some way part of his story, his time at Cadenheads. Well, and that was our first kind of professional event, even in the same room as him. 
You know, he's he'd never poured at a whiskey jubilee Correct. or you know or or any American festival that that we've been at. Obviously, we didn't have UK European single cast nation, so we weren't pouring at the UK European events mm-hmm. he was pouring at. And you know, originally it was an opportunity to just hang out with a good buddy yeah. at Maltstock. Yeah. Yep. Which then turned into a masterclass with <laughs> with this guy for the very first time. But I, I will I will give him, you know, his his massive due here. He was very well prepared and he brought pores that were top shelf to uh, to really bring it to single cast nation. And, yeah. and and as you as you listen to to the masterclass that we'll we'll play here, more or less in its entirety, it's it's interesting to hear what he was pulling out of his sleeve round <laughs> by round, um, and and we were we were there to win as well, Joshua. Yes. We gave it our all, and um, and I think the people that really benefited from all of this were the attendees. Yes, yeah, indeed, indeed. Who got eight hella good drams. Yeah. Now, so the w- the way that this tasting worked out, just so our listeners are aware, uh, mm-hmm. this our tasting with Mark Watt is how malt stock opened. And actually, there were we did two sessions. So the first session, there was eight whiskeys, four from Mark, four for us. And then the second session, another eight whiskeys. So 16 in total. And... What our listeners are going to hear today is actually the second tasting. Indeed. However, if you liked what you what you hear, be sure to listen after uh, the you know the closing music because we have some snippets here and there from the from the first tasting class too. There were some good lines in that first tasting that, that shouldn't <laughs> disappear into the annals of history. Um, but it, it'll be wonderful to have a few snippets uh, in the, the usual Easter egg position, which mm. is post-credits. So the, the, the annals of history? What was this? <laughs> There's something about you being unable to look away from a hole, but I, I don't know. I don't quite know how that expression goes. So. Um, <laughs> there, there was a, a, a quick story I was going to tell about our, our friend Mark. And this may be recalled in the Ian McAllister episode from a, a, a year and a, and a bit ago, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. where you and I were sitting of an afternoon with Ian McAllister at the Glen Scotia Distillery in Campbelltown. And we we're having a good time uh, talking away to Ian. Mm-hmm. And we agreed we would meet the following morning back at Ian's office. <laughs> and we said to Ian, oh... You know, yeah, oh, you guys, you boys got plans in Campbelltown for the night? Yeah, we're going to have dinner and drinks with Mark Watt. Be careful, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we will, Ian, uh-huh, we will. Uh-huh. Uh, cut to you and I stumbling home at three o'clock in the morning, Oof. knowing that we had an 8 a.m. with Ian McAllister, but we had had the, the wherewithal to tell Ian, know that we're aiming for eight, we might not show up till nine. And as it came to pass, lo, did we appear at nine. And we were pretty broken at 9 a.m. Yeah, um, yeah, that was We rough. actually took Iron Brew into a meeting uh, at Glen Scotia <laughs> at nine o'clock in the morning. And what was wonderful, 
No further explanation was needed. Ian gave us a, a knowing wink and uh, and we carried on uh, with our meeting. For uh, that, yeah. that, that's the extent of Mark Watts' legend. For our non-Scottish listeners, uh, Jason mentioned Iron Brew. There's a good chance you might not know what Iron Brew is. So Iron Brew is uh, Scotland's other national drink. It's uh, it's a it's a it's a soda that's orange in color, and it kind of tastes like a, a mix between cream soda and bubble gum. <laughs> it's so funny whenever you describe it or my wife describes it, it just sounds disgusting. But when you're on the ground in Scotland, it's just essential. It just. <laughs> It really completes the experience. Um, <laughs> Scotland is also the only market in the world where Coca-Cola is not the number one soft drink. Yeah, yeah, because because of Iron Brew. And it's got more sugar, or it used to have more sugar used to, yeah. than used to. Coke and definitely a bit more caffeine than Coke, yeah. too. So, so yeah, we needed those Iron Brews, and man, <laughs> did we, we really needed them. Whew. Ah, uh, so is there anything else to say about the man, the myth, the legend, or should we go over to our malt stock masterclass yeah, let me, with Mr. Mark Watt? Let me let me add this in. You know, Mark had seven years at Caddenheads, and in those seven years, what he has done with the Caddenheads brand, and and you you and I spoke with Chun about this, you know, in 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 our episode with Chun, Mark really turned Caddenheads around. They weren't necessarily a flagging company, but for me as a consumer, tasting Mark's picks moved Caddenheads from maybe my number three, number four spot as far as my my favorite bottlers go to my absolute number one spot. And has nothing to do with Mark as a person and you know as as a friend of mine. It's more the dude has a palate. He knows how to pick good whiskeys. And on top of that, he's done a lot of the, the Caddenheads creations. He's, he's married mm-hmm. casks together to create really nice blends. And, you know, he does it in a very simple and straightforward way, but he was able to create some beautiful whiskeys. So he's definitely made a massive mark both on Caddenheads and on myself and I'm really keen to know where he's where he's moving to, what what he's going to be doing. Yeah, we'll be watching him as closely as our our listeners will be watching him. Yep. So, in the meantime, though, should we listen to what we did in the Netherlands with him? Let's listen to what we did in the Netherlands with him. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Maltstock. You've been here a lot longer than I have. You've been here more times than I have. Uh, and I still have the distinct honor of welcoming you uh, to this masterclass, where we're going we're gonna to have a pillow fight between two independent bottlers. <laughs> In the red corner, with the lace pillow. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Coming from Campbelltown. Heavyweight champion of the world, Mark Watt. 
Representing Cadenheads, Cadenheads, Cadenhead. however you wish to say it, it will remain 177 years old. Seven. <laughs> Even next year? <laughs> Let's come back. Let's revisit that next year, see okay. what happens. All right. Good. Uh, and then over here, you've got the boys from America. Uh, as you can tell by the accent, I am from the south of America, uh, in Virginia. And so we are single cask nation. Yeah. Woo! Woo! And whereas, what did you say the number was? 1842 for Cadenheads? 2011. Boom. And boom, in your face. And we wear it proudly. That it works. says 2011 on the sleeve. We don't hide from that number. In 100 years from now, that will mean something. <laughs> There's just no doubt about it. No doubt in my mind. And Mark will be preserved at that point. <laughs> Um, so we, we have sold exclusively into the United States of America since 2011, and as of now, we are launching into the United In Kingdom and Europe. No. <laughs> no. When yeah, will then now. be now? Not now. then. You have to, no. You have to do the, <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Up until a couple of years ago, the plan was to launch into Europe, and uh, now that it's here, turns out we're launching into the United Kingdom and Europe. Um, mistakes have been made on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, we could talk about that if you want. We don't have to taste whiskey. Um, but the problems seem a little more manageable uh, with a dram. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to taste in pairs. Uh, we're going to actually, because it is a pillow fight, we are going to take your votes after each round. We're not going to tell you right off the bat who is who. But there is a top line of whiskey and there is a bottom line of whiskey. You'll be drinking from left to right in, in pairs. If, you, if you've got a third line, there is a doctor and <laughs> we can have them take a look. They are a professional. But, so. but, but the way, just to be very clear, the way we're doing it is we're doing the first whiskey on the top line and then the first whiskey on the bottom line. And then we're going that way, all, all the way down. Top, bottom, top, bottom, top, bottom, etc. So, whiskey number one in your top left corner. Oh, okay. Ooh. You might have had fun up till now. This is serious business. Top left. That so smells really good. No laughing at Joshua's jokes. No change there. That'll be easy. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Hi, Yumi. <laughs> So, what do we think of this? Yeah, give it a nose, give it a swally. It's not too shabby, is it? I have to say, like, they speak a lot more than I do, because, um, well, they had to take, bring two boys to the yard. Um, but it's, 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 with um, a milkshake? Yeah, do we bring two boys it, to the yard with a milkshake? But it's better than yours. Um, but it's, um, <laughs> it is a great honor for me. Like, I've known these guys for a long, long time. It's a great honor to be sharing a stage with these guys. Um, Likewise. You know, like I'm lucky. I work for Scotland's oldest independent bottler, and they don't. Um, but it, <laughs> but but they are they are great guys, and they they share a similar philosophy to me. You know, we've got you know we've got the international operator here, you know, uh, and then we've also got someone who has got something in common with Ronald Reagan and Prince Charles. 
This is not fair. You have what done, a, you've done research. Oh, yeah. This is not fair. Yeah, what, what a God's green earth is this? Nobody yeah. saw this happening. You? Oh, I think I know yeah, what this yeah. is. He is a keeper of the quake. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Hold, on, hold on a second, Mark. That can't be right. There's a Scotsman over there and a Scotsman over here <laughs> yeah. and an American in the middle. Yeah. And the Americans, the keeper, and the Scots boys aren't. I yeah, that's because that's because we won't pay for it, you know. It's, uh, but it's. Um, <laughs> I am. I am only joking. If I was to ever, if I was to ever be made the keeper of the quake, I'd be very delighted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, I, as, when when I heard you were being made a keeper, I was like, yeah, that's the first time you've been called a keeper. Um, but it's it's. Oh, it's, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, these shoes are coming off. <laughs> All right, that's it. Uh, so, but, but anyway, what I actually mean to say is, these guys have similar philosophy to me about whiskey, um, and that's why why I love them. And it's great to be sharing a stage with with such great guys. So, anyway, cheers. Enough. Um, cheers. Um, oh, should um, we talk about why we have microphones? Just very quickly. Oh, so so right now we're recording. We're live recording a podcast. Jason and I run a podcast called One Nation Under Whiskey. And uh, we've been running, we're in our third season now. And yep. so this will be for a live podcast recording. So scream loud and let's hear you. That will be interspliced every time Joshua every tells time. a joke. Yep. Because <laughs> the real sound will be this. Yeah, crickets. <laughs> So anyway, whiskey. Yes, yeah, whiskey, 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 Nancy whiskey. Do we like this one? I like it. It's nice, chewy. It's got, it's got that chewy factor. You know, it's not smooth, uh, but it, it's, got, it's got that that chewiness. And there is a, a word for that chewiness that um, alcohol gives you, but it's a long word, so I've forgotten it. Um, you know, but it, it's 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 a true story. Um, but Mark was off the day they had school in Campbelltown. I'm not from Campbelltown. I went to school in Speyside. Mark was off the day they had school in Speyside. <laughs> well, I had to go and work, you know. <laughs> Down the mines. I didn't have mines. We worked in the distilleries. I don't know. But anyway, I like this. Nice and cheap. Obviously, non-chill filtered. Do you imagine if you chill filtered this? You would have killed it. And as we all know, people who chill filtered whiskey should be shot. <laughs> in the knees. It's, you know... Chill filtering is the worst thing you can do to whiskey because you really are ripping the heart out of it. If you chill filtered this, it wouldn't be half the whiskey it is. And I, I love this. This is fantastic. I have guesses to what it might be. So here's the interesting thing. Uh, Mark has no idea what we had poured and, and we have no idea what we had poured either. Up until a or, second. I mean, we have no idea what Mark had uh, uh, poured. Up, up until a second ago, I didn't know what I'd poured either. But <laughs> why break the habit of a lifetime? <laughs> Um, <laughs> That's an excellent question. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. I think it's about oh, yeah. 57.2. It's 1.21 gigawatts. That's the... <laughs> that was awesome. She loved that joke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I guarantee we got that. Put it in your calendar, folks. All right. You were here. <laughs> so so everybody has nosed and tasted this one, right? Let, should we go to the second one and then have a pillow fight war 
to see which one won and then have the reveal? Should we do that? All right. So we're now on the bottom. First one on the left. Oh, this is different. Oh, that is different, isn't it? The other thing I'll add is we set the lineups about two and a half hours ago. I'm not entirely sure I know what we poured, so I'm just enjoying myself. And that is what it should be all about. That's it. That's As I said, no rules. I said many times, you know. Again, obviously, for legal reasons, we can heads we promote responsible drinking. Um, but whiskey is fun. It's alcohol. It should be fun. You know, to be brutally honest, this is one of the reasons that I love malt stock so much. And it's not just because of all the boozing. Um, but it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, it is all about the boozing. But no, um, one of the reasons I love it is because if you look at this room, you look at everyone that's at malt stock, it's probably one of the biggest get-togethers of the biggest geeks in the whiskey world. 100%. Yep. But it's not geeky. Yep. Because we're all people that like drinking. You know, we're not like, oh, I must get this because it's got a slightly different green label to the last one or the next thing or whatever. It's like, hmm, do you like that? Do you not? And that's what makes malt stock. It's like, here, do you like this? Yeah. Do you like that? No. But I'll like this one. And this one, I like. So that's why I think, you know, people get caught up. I can do all the geeky stuff if you want. But, I mean, let's be honest. You've all got Google. Um, so, you know, you can, you can, there are other search engines available uh, for legal reasons. Ask Jeeves. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. If you, Alta Vista. Netscape. Yeah. All of them. Netscape, oh, yeah. Netscape, that's a good one. Ooh. Do you know, I was the first person at Speyside High School to get to go on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and the very first person to look up. <laughs> well, this, this is a family tasting, Jason, please. please. Hide All your right. children. Well... Anyway, what do we think of this? Like this one? It's a lot sweeter. Yeah, a little sweeter. I think the first one was a bit earthier, a bit more minerality. This yeah. one's a bit maltier, maybe a bit of fruit. Uh, the other thing to throw in is these are eight completely different whiskeys than we poured at six o'clock. So we, we were eight blind then, we're 16 blind now. Later we'll be 24 blind. Yeah, it's, it's a multiplier. <laughs> we can only drink at eight. <laughs> I, that reminds me of a story. <laughs> I was in, um, I used to live in Dufton, and um, my local bar, the Royal Oak in Dufton, had, uh, they had malt of the moment for two pound a dram. And it was called malt of the moment. Normally you would say malt of the month or malt of the week, but basically it generally only lasted a moment. Um, and there was one time, uh, the, the owner of the bar was going to be doing a Glenglasser tasting, and uh, it all went a bit wrong. So he'd bought a 27-year-old Glenglasser. Oh, nice. Uh, I think it was about 350 pounds of bottles. It's the one in the teardrop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah makes a good vase. Um, and it's... Because um, <laughs> we all drink packaging, obviously. Yeah. Nice green labels. Yeah, yeah. That's what you look oh, like. Tastes so good. Uh, but so he'd fallen out with them. So he decided, out of spite, he would put the 27-year-old Glenglasser on malt of the moment for two pound a dram. Holy oh. moly. So I walked up to the bar... And I was like, I'll have seven, please. <laughs> <laughs> the guy next to me went, I'll have seven. The guy to my right went, I'll have four. And I went, no, you'll have seven. <laughs> 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 it was a very good day. 
Emphasis on day, not night. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I mean, it was like half 11 in the morning. It was, <laughs> it was a good hour. Yeah. yeah. It's all good. So, before, what do we think? But before we reveal, we're just very curious, and, and we did this in the last tasting, who preferred whiskey number one? Wow. Okay. Who preferred whiskey number two? Wait a second. Some of you people raised your hand twice. I guarantee it. I think there's that, more that, that, people that, here this time. Yeah. That's how Brexit happened. That's, is that... <laughs> All right. Shall we reveal? I think I know what the first one is. I have no idea what you The first one was mine, and it was a Hazelborn 12-year-old from a sherry cask. Oh, my um, gosh. Exclusive uh, to the Cadenheads Warehouse. So the only way you can get it is to come to Campbelltown and pay money to come on a tasting, listen to more of my jokes. Actually, you'll be lucky. Yeah. It's generally not me these days. <laughs> I just turn up for the, for the drums. And then you can get it. Yeah, so, very nice. Sherry Cast 12-year-old Hazelburn. That's uh, another one you've not bottled. That's, uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> well, we did a Kilcoman. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always about the Kilcoman. <laughs> And then the second one was a 12-year-old Tiananik from a First Fill Bourbon Hogshead. I thought it was superb. Cheers. Really superb. Tons of cereal up front on it. Oh, I love the hazel. And let's be honest, Tiananik, great whiskey. And this one has been a brilliant whiskey. But it's not a sexy drum. And I love the fact that you've brought that to the table. Yeah. You've brought non-sexy to the table. But it's, 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 it's one of these things that... You know, you don't sound like a compliment when you say it like yeah. that. <laughs> Mark, I am always bringing non-sexy to the table. Thanks, yeah. Dad. But what I mean is, that shows the true sign of a good bottler that you're bringing something like this. You're not going. It needs to be, you know, a Macallan and Ardbeg or whatever. You know, tea and It's not a sexy distillery. You don't have it's. It's all about tea and nick, boys. You know, you know, Facebook groups or whatever. You don't get tea and nick collectors, you know, or whatever. And that's a good thing. You know, not not against tea and nick, but it's this is why you need independent bottlers to give you things like this. Are, are there any tea and nick uh, collectors here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got both the bottles. <laughs> the, the, the other thing. <laughs> The other thing, and it just struck me in, in tasting this up here, the Tiananik, really pale. Joshua and I are not color guys, we're texture guys. Yeah. And so really pale in your glass, but then you put it on your tongue, really mouth-coating quality to it. That's one thing that we try to make true of all of our selections. So, so pay attention to that as you go through the evening. Or just get pissed. So, Don't get pissed. So did I win that one? I just, think, just yeah, I think you yeah. won that one. Mar marginally. If we're keeping score, you won that round. With, yeah. with a release you can only get in Campbelltown. Oh, sorry, where, where is your release available? Uh, it'll be available here in Europe and ah. in the UK as well. Yeah, well, we, like are, all we are still in Europe for now. So, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so. <laughs> Touche. I should have brought my snare drum and crash. <laughs> That's the power of editing after. Mm. Uh -huh, indeed. So, top row. Move into the second glass. Second from the left. Yeah, that's good clarification. If you want to know which one is the left one, it's the one on the left. 
He'll splice in that laughter from earlier. Don't worry. Don't, you don't have to laugh at if, all. If, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you have to ask, then you probably should. Uh, it reminds me, of, I was once doing a tasting in Finland, and um, we were doing all Speyside whiskies, and doing six whiskies, and after, after the third whisky, someone stood up and left, which is, to be honest, fairly common for my tastings. Um, but... <laughs> This, this, this guy stood up and left. I was like, oh, what's the problem, sir? Because I hadn't really offended anyone yet at that point. And uh, he was like, oh, I'm supposed to be at the Arbeg tasting. I was like, you've sat through three different Speyside whiskies before noticing that it wasn't Arbeg. <laughs> I think you're in trouble, pal. You know, it's just... <laughs> uh, can I tell you my quick Finland story? Yeah. Do, do we have any Finns in the room? Oh, yeah, you're supposed to do that. And you don't, you don't have to go undercover. Are. It's okay. So, undercover fins. So one of my best friends in all the world is Finnish, and I, I met him at the University of Aberdeen. And one night we were coming back from uh, Movie Society or Film Society or whatever the fuck it was called. And, um, and we're walking across the quad. And so it's me, the Scotsman, and my buddy Pete, the Finn, walking one way across the quad. And there's these two young women walking the opposite way across the quad. And so my mate and I are just chatting away, chatting away, and we intersect, and I can only tell they're talking funny, uh, not Scots, English, you know. And, um, and, I, and, and Petty, my friend, turns to me, he goes, did you hear that? And I said, no, what, what was happening? He goes, they were, they were two Finnish women, and the one just said to her friend, and that's when he pulled the cock out of my mouth. I was like, this is the University of Aberdeen. What is happening? So, it always behooves you to take a look around. You never know when you walk past somebody who speaks the exact same language as you in a place where you would never expect that language to happen. I, I, I agree. Like, I turned I, my hair gray. I, 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 I'm stupid. Um, I, I, I speak Finally, no we agree. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I speak no language, like my, my, my wife is fluent in French, Spanish and Italian and Doric. Um, and, you know, fit, 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 yeah, fit. Well, When I first moved to Cameltown, I had to come with subtitles. But um, I, I now, like, for this, I, like, I listened back to a bit of the podcast I did for you and I was like, oh my God, how posh was I speaking? <laughs> <laughs> I had my posh voice on. It was wah, wah, wah. You totally had your posh on. Yeah, like, ah. um, so I, I speak no foreign languages, unfortunately, and I really wish I did, but I now like to treat everyone equally by learning none of them. <laughs> you know, because if I was to learn Japanese, that would offend my Canadian importers. And uh, if I was to learn German, that would offend my Taiwanese importer. By, so by learning none, <laughs> I'm keeping everyone equal. But I do think a superhero uh, super power would be brilliant to learn every oh. language in the world and not tell anyone. Oh, yeah. And just be sat there in a meeting and the people are like, oh, yeah, he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then just leave and just say something in their language. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> people don't just say that in English to you when you're in the room. Ah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited this dick? Mm. I, we're here to drink whiskey, right? Okay, yeah. Let's have oh, yeah okay. I'm drinking. I'm quite all happy. Right, right. Has yeah. everybody nosed and uh, tasted the third one? Because I haven't. What do we think? Yeah. It's not too shabby, is it? Oh, I think it smells glorious. I tell you, th this is the other thing that's brilliant, and some of you will have heard this story before, but never mind. 
about being able to do tastings without having to go through an interpreter. Mm. Uh, going through an interpreter is terrible because you'll stand up and you'll be like, oh, hello, I'm Mark from Caddenheads. And the interpreter goes, hurdy gurdy gurdy, Johnny Walker, nonchal filter, bladdy bladdy, brew a claddy. And you're like, I never said any of that. <laughs> yeah, and you know you've not. And, you're like, and it annoys me. Um, but the other thing is, I remember once I was doing a tasting in Japan, there was 300 people. Uh, Dave Broom was there, uh, unlike here. And um, so, so, um, so, no, I can't tell if there was a zing or a burn. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was just coincidences. Dave Broom was there, and before I went on stage, he was like, whatever you do, speak English, keep your sentences short, you know, so your interpreter can interpret things, and don't tell any jokes, because they will not translate. So I come out, I start with a joke. <laughs> Everyone laughs. I'm rocking it. I'm like, whoa. So I tell another joke and another joke. Everyone's laughing. I was like, you come off stage and I was like a rock star. I was like, I've absolutely nailed that tasting. And then after the tasting, two Western guys that are fluent in Japanese came up to me. <laughs> and they said, Mark, that was an amazing tasting. <laughs> but after your first joke, the interpreter went, I've no idea what you said, <laughs> but he's told a joke. Please laugh. <laughs> An hour and a half, the interpreter was just going, laugh. <laughs> la, la, la. Laugh. <laughs> I've never went from hero to zero so quickly in my life. It was unreal. Uh, we do the same in English, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'd, like, I'd like to say I've made that up, but it's a freaking true it's story. Fantastic. I love it. So anyway, this I love. Nice and chewy. Mm. Really good texture on this one. I actually thought you were going to say the, the Dave Broom part about when you give tasting notes in other languages, and then you listen to the interpreter say all of the words you don't understand, and then the word clouty dumpling. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, the, there's no word for clouty dumpling in Japanese, and they have no idea what you just said. It's, it's a bit like I, I once wrote um, uh, germaline. Um, so mm -hmm. antiseptic cream mm -hmm. on a tasting note, and it went to Taiwan. And my Taiwanese importer said, "I'm trying to translate your. your uh, can you tell me what germaline is?" And trying to say antiseptic cream in a good way, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, "No, I'm not." I think they changed it to fruity or something. <laughs> yeah. In the U.S., it's root beer. Germaline yeah. tastes like root beer. Any of you experienced any of those? Is, is there alcohol Has anybody tasted germaline? Yes. <laughs> what? Do, you, do you not do these things for tasting notes? I do, I do. You end up like licking a fence or, you know, <laughs> or licking a tree. You, know, get, you get, Sometimes you get whiskey that's so woody, you'd be as well licking a tree, you know. Licking a malt maniac. What, 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 what I will tell you, if you are going to lick a tree, well, drinking is better because it gets you drunk. Licking trees doesn't. But if you're going to lick a tree, lick it higher than a dog can reach. That's all I'm saying. It's, you know, it's... Anyway, it's right. time for your whiskey. I like that, I like that so, so we've all taste, nosed and tasted oh, whiskey, whiskey number three. Let's go to whiskey number four. So now we're on the bottom shelf, second one from the left. On the le yeah, the left is on the left. It's good. You're, you're following along, and I appreciate that. Ooh. Ooh. What, what's that? Yes. The other, yeah, the opposite of the right. Yes. That's not too shabby, is it? It's not too shabby. It smells kind of nice. 
I think this pairing rewards dancing back and forth between top and bottom. Hey now. Just get a blast of coffee. It's like coffee ground. Coffee, co you, coffee ground. I'm hearing you guys sing coffee. That's mm. like not Scottish coffee, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's not Nescafe granules. Yeah, yeah ground roasted beans on the bottom one. I love all these people talking in their home yeah. languages, saying yeah. these guys are a bunch of dicks. And then they took the cock at them. <laughs> all right. So we've all, we've all nosed and tasted whiskeys two, or I guess three and four, yeah? There's a really nice finish on this. Yeah. It's a touch of spice, so it's, but it's got that yeah. coffee coming through. I like the coffee note. I never got that. That's nice. Soapy. All right, a little soapiness. Okay. I, right. I'm, cool. I'm not sure what you watch this with, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> Soapy in a good way. All right. Shall we? Oh, actually, we need to do a vote first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, I knew yeah, okay. what you meant. I'm just All right. making sure you knew what I meant. Raise your hand, ladies and gents. Raise your hand if you prefer... If whiskey number three was your favorite of this pairing. Okay. And raise your hand if whiskey number four was your favorite of this pairing. That's almost 50-50. Maybe 53-47. Maybe, uh, maybe 52-48. Let's <laughs> go to the electoral college for this one. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> was that a question or just a hand still up in the air? She's not even... <laughs> She's like, what's happening? Sh shall out here? we? Shall we reveal? So, I went with a single uh, bourbon hoggy of uh, whiskey that's very dear to me, a thirty-year-old Mortlich. Oh, interesting! Oh, For a gold, gold label, thirty-year-old Mortlich. Very wow. nice. So we we wanted to match you, yeah, without and knowing it, without knowing it, and we also decided to do a thirty-year-old. <laughs> uh, but this is a thirty-year-old Beaumont. From a uh, from a bourbon barrel. Yep. Yep. That's good because I knew you'd bring that. I was wondering when it was coming. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so there, there are a few different distilleries. Sorry to butt in, but I'm just going to do it anyway. This Bowmore is great. Like one person said, soap, which is, you're entitled to say, and you're you're a little bit right. But for an '80s Bowmore. This doesn't, doesn't taste soapy. Yeah. You know, early 80s, uh, go, I, I love Bowmore. It's a great whiskey. Uh, you know, Bowmore from the 60s, phenomenal. Bowmore oh from gosh. the 70s, yeah. amazing. Bowmore's from the 80s, shite. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Bowmore's from the 90s, 2000s, um, phenomenal again. And I do think some of the Bowmore's that are being produced 2000 or so are going yeah. to be like the 60s and 70s yep. if we can live long enough to taste them. But this is coming through. This has been past the, the dull times, well, and this is the good yeah. times. You know, there's, those, of the, those of you that know 80s Beaumont are probably familiar with the term FWP, or French Whore's Perfume. Why is it always French? Do French Whore's have a particular smell? Fle uh, sorry, Flemish. Flemish Whore's oh, Perfume. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's better. Oh, he walked Shit. into it. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't think of anything, any other Fs. Uh, ah, but he, he's saying that as a good thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. 
Flint, Michigan horse perfume. How's that? Is that better? A lot of lead. FM. I'll phone Cameron in for a second opinion. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it, it's known to have this, potentially have this soapy characteristic, which I personally love. I love, and so is Jason, 80s Beaumont, which Can, you don't. Yeah. I hate it. I generally hate it. Yeah. But this I like. Mm. And... Because it's a like, part and parcel. It's not all FWP. Yeah. You, you might not know this, but I do listen to your podcast. And I've known mm-hmm. that this has been coming for a while. Mm-hmm. And I thought you might sneak it in. And I was expecting... Because you've been talking up the, the FWP in it, the FWP. So I was expecting to be slapped in the face. No. And this doesn't slap you in the face. You know, you probably need to pay extra for that. But, you know, it's... it's <laughs> you know, it's... But, it, you know, it's... it's, it's it's there, but it's it's delicate, and I think you've found yeah. an absolute stonker with this cast. Cheers, man. Cheers. So, we, so Joshua well, and I actually vacillated over whether we would bring this or not, because it was one of those whiskies that we knew some people wouldn't be particularly fond of, but those who liked it would really like it. And as an eight-year-old independent bottler, when we started the business, we needed to sell bottles. So we selected really good casks that we thought the majority of people would like. So, so by that, you're saying once you get old, you're going to like bottle crap just because you don't need to sell it? Some of us are, <laughs> some of us are projecting right now. Wow. This is wow. called projecting. <laughs> this is called projecting. I'm, obviously, they're not going to do that. It's just, it was too good an opportunity. <laughs> so, so Joshua and I, as the company has, has grown and built a following, uh, we've been able to bottle more esoteric offerings, kind of like this one where... It's okay if not everybody likes it. We'll still feel confident in our selection. Still stand by it. However, this went up for sale in the United States a week past on Monday. So like 10, 12 days ago, something like that. I can't remember. And it was $395 a bottle. Great price, great price. We We had 150 bottles available and it sold out in four minutes. So, so top, top shelf, third whiskey from the left, or the second whiskey from the right, however you oh, like to... Very difficult. I don't, I don't want to confuse anybody here. I'm confusing myself. I, I, so, this, hmm. so this is the good question. What happened at Beaumont in the 80s that led to the, the soapy... Floral, Parma, Violet. <laughs> wow. None of, none of what we're about to talk about is going to make it into the podcast. I am only joking. So. Maybe we don't. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because they're not doing it now. Oh, yes. Not doing long, it now. long, long, long. Which but, makes me very sad. However, Josh and I still love 80s Beaumont and go in search of 80s Beaumont. Some of them are like when your mother washed your mouth out with soap because you were swearing too much. And are That's really true. hard going. Look at him being posh. He had soap when he was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to wash with a wire brush <laughs> that we had to borrow from the neighbor. <laughs> welcome. You had to a wire my... brush. I had a rock. <laughs> well, welcome to being raised in Ayrshire. <laughs> All right. So, oh, what do we think of this one? Really mm-hmm. fruity. Um, I, I have to admit, like, I get loads of different fruits yeah. in this. Really clean, really bright. Really, very clean. Very clean nose in this. Is uh, it an early bourbon fill on it? Yes. Full-on bourbon I get with this. Um, I get lots of... What do I get on this? I get lots of oranges, maybe, maybe clementines. 
I said, like, oh, my darling, oh, my darling, oh, my darling Clementine. Oh, don't sing that. Mm. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Terrible person. (laughs) That is is the most inside jokes (laughs) of inside jokes. I won't be able to sleep tonight, you bastard. That's what research does for you. Anyway, I love, I love this. I love this. <laughs> I p- Would you almost call it tinned clementines? Eh. To be honest, I've never smelled a clementine in my life. So. <laughs> satsuma. Yeah, satsuma. Yeah. I do like this. That's lovely. I'm really impressed that you started out with a sherry butt hazelburn, and we haven't gone to sherry since then. Yeah, well, like... You just wanted to win the first round. Yeah, well, it's, it's all about playing the game. It's a bit like, see when you enter whiskies to awards? You don't enter your best whiskies. You enter the ones that you think the judges are going to pick. Uh, just like to point out for the record, Cadenheads, we enter some awards, but only the ones you don't have to pay for. Like, we, we, we will enter things into blind tastings, but you, always, you, don't, you, you don't enter what you necessarily think is your best whiskey of the year. You pick the thing that you think the judges are going to hang out on. You know, so Play years ago, before people were doing lots of old grain whiskies, you'd stick a grain whiskey in. Because if you've got a judge that sat and drunk 200 whiskies, and they're like, oh, blah, 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 oh, that one steps out. And that's what you're... So it's, it's all about that's playing smart. the game. That is smart. Yeah. You played yeah. us tonight, what? You played us tonight. Only you, for tonight. you bastard. You did research, you wrote notes, you planned... I didn't expect. I didn't see this coming. We, we don't have those proficiencies. Do you know what? Neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number one, uh, or top shelf. I'm sorry. Yeah, top, top shelf. shelf. Top so shelf. Number one, two, three, four, five. Now let's go to the bottom shelf, number three. It's also psychological because we have to say bottom. Yeah, I would like to say like you would never find your stuff on the bottom shelf. Like that. Yeah. Take that off the second shelf. Nah, you're 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 the next shelf. Your top shelf, right next to the porn. It's just. <laughs> In fairness, I, 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 was, I was doing a, a, a myself and Cameron yeah. were doing a, a tour of Belgium, and we, we ended up in this whiskey shop that was a newsagent's, and it was, like, there was cadden heads on the top shelf, and then the next shelf, there was porn. Cameron was really annoyed because he couldn't reach either of them. But <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I was trying to take the photograph, it was like people coming in to buy a porn mag, and oh, I'll just take some cadenids at the same time. <laughs> One compliments the other. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Sounds like a good night. All right. So, so give the uh, sixth whiskey a nose and a taste. Hopefully you'll see it's, it's a bit different than pretty much every whiskey we've tasted so far. A uh, bit, a bit of a peaty element to it. Gammon. What's the smoky? Was it smoky gammon crisps? What's the smoky bacon crisps? Yeah, smoky bacon. Frazzles. Frazzles. Yeah, frazzles on the nose. Yeah. Again, this comes down to tasting notes. You can only taste something or smell something if you've smelt it before. Now, I remember when I was a uh, many moons ago when I was a youngster, I went to Edinburgh to to study, and I ended up working behind the bar at this, well, I say working, um, I was behind the bar at the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. It was the easiest job I've ever had, apart from this one. And, um, like, I got involved in the tasting panel, and you're having to give tasting notes, and everyone, like, all the posh Edinburgh people were like, 
Well, it's like when you're baking a blah, blah, blah. It's like when, when you're in a Michelin star restaurant and you have a... Wah, 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 and it's, you know, this smells of truffles that have been you know, picked by a virgin pig. And it's just like, you know... And, and, I, and then I'm like, hmm, pickled onion monster munch. It's like, you know, like I said earlier, it's like, um, it's like uh, brown sauce with lots of vinegar. Not good quality brown sauce, you know, it's... It, you know, so y y your frame of reference is your frame of reference. And this is the thing, you can't be wrong. As, as long as you, well, you can't be wrong. If you said that that Mortlick was the most sherried, heavily peated whiskey in the world, well, you probably don't deserve to be at Maltstock. But um, <laughs> you should probably have to pass a test to get in, you know. Uh, but I wouldn't get in, that's the problem. But, you know, um, <laughs> you can't be wrong. If you smell something, you smell it. If you don't, you don't. So just because we say something and you get it or you don't get it, doesn't mean we're right and you're wrong. Yep. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is whether you like it or not. You know, if you like it, brilliant. If you don't, let's move on to the next one. You know, it's, that's, that's what it's all about. But one thing I will say, you probably won't like all eight whiskeys that we're tasting tonight. You probably will, because you're good people. Um, but, you know, there's room for everything. And yep. that's why we have debates. We have banter you know it's mm -hmm. it's all good yeah we have these terribly sexy pillow fights oh and now no all right <laughs> terribly sexy are you guys ready to vote on these two? Oh boy yeah all right the first who preferred the first whiskey all right and now the second one so that would seem to be a true 50 50 right there yeah come on oh oh shit 5149 51.49. So let's uh, let's have the big reveal, Mister Mister yeah. Watt. Yeah, what was in the top there? Delicious. Yeah, remember. Um, <laughs> Returns to his notes. I came. I came with a twenty-five-year-old Klein leash. Ooh, man! It was oh, a Manischewitz. A nineteen ninety-seven Klein leash that was in the warehouse tastings about a million years ago. Mm, all right. Um, and I had one bottle left. Actually, that's a lie. I have two bottles, had two bottles left, and I bought one from my own personal stash just because I had to try and beat you. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on a this second. This speaks volumes, volumes. You said it was a 25-year-old Klein Leash from 97? Uh, 95, sorry. Okay, still. You said it's a 25-year-old Klein Leash from 95? Oh yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Do you know this? This He's remind, gone back to the future. This, this reminds me of the last time I was in court. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was, I was, there, I was there as a witness, and the the the, um, the the guy was like, "And you did this and such." I was like, "Yeah, 2012." And they're like, "No." I was like, uh, "You know, 2004?" No. <laughs> So I can't remember what year. It's like, yeah, you're dismissed as a witness. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get the year right, but it was, it was, it was in 1990. I apologize okay. for my stupidity. Oh, there, there we go. Um, but, but thank you for being able to do maths. Well Very done. Nice. Very oh, nice. Sorry, math. Yeah, I think math. You call yeah it. sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. math. We just do the math. Yeah. We have to do it twice. Twice? <laughs> yeah. We do it first time. And it's still not working. Yeah, we do it first time, and then the second time we get it right. You know, it's... That was cracking, oh, though. Absolutely, absolutely delicious, Klinlish. The, the Mortlach and then the Klinlish. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, so we've got 
the Clinlish from 1990 here. Uh, we did a Clinlish 23-year-old cherry butt in the in previous, previous masterclass that we will have at tomorrow's speed tastings, if you like Clinlish. Mm. And then on we the share table, the <laughs> uh, we brought along a Clinlish nine-year-old first fill bourbon that has killed in America. It will not come to Europe. Won't even come to the Sorry. UK. Pardon? Yes. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no not in here. No, no, he's a very confusing no. gentleman. Just, what are we tasting right yeah, now? Let's reveal what I whiskey we're tasting by telling you about confusing? a totally I, different whiskey. How is that confusing? I followed up what he talked yeah. about. Clint Stay on target. It's very confusing. Do you Stay know on that target. In, in 1974, I once drank drink. something else, but it's got nothing to do with this. But it's, yeah. Clinlish was Get, the thread. Jason, yeah, yeah. what did we taste just now? Getting back on track. In your glass that I am holding, that I am tasting, is... Clinlish nine-year-old. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not that, Seriously, that's a joke. I, I feel sorry for joke. you. Like I used to I feel sorry for him, but now it's you know. It's Do you know th this? This is my third year at Maltstock, and I said, you know what? Year three, I'm bringing Jason. Year four, I'm not bringing Jason. Well, do you know? Do you know? Maybe, maybe year four, I'm not bringing Joshua. Oh, zing burn! You heard it here first. I feel your pain because you know, three years ago I took Cameron, two years ago I took Mitch, and I just turned up myself this year. So, so what? What we had poured is a 15-year-old Lechig from Second Fell Bourbon Hoggy. It wasn't. That was the order is supposed to be in. What was it? Oh, I take back everything I said. It was a 13, so I, I thought it was the 15. This is what happens when you do blind tastings. It was a 13-year-old Lechig uh, I mean, from a sherry butt. Sense. I didn't think it was that. The, the bacon frazzles are in the sherry butt. They're not in the... But it was bloody good. Again, see, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's good. <laughs> All right. That's what family The final do. two whiskeys of this tasting. So now we're upper right hand side. Upper this right. One smells like a whiskey. Well, yeah. Well, it smells wow. properly like a whiskey, and it's juicy. Yeah, it is. Um, it's quite a sp spicy. Spicy is good. Who said spicy? Yeah. Well done. You're 100 percent correct. <laughs> I can't. Not not that spicy. I can't get past the juiciness. Like, this is just... There's a little bit of kind of lime notes in the background, like lime mm. cordial. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 100% sure it's not rum. It's definitely not kashasha, although we will be bottling kashasha fairly soon. Um, Hakuna kashasa. What a wonderful day. Hakuna kashasa. Ain't no passing phase. It's our problem-free philosophy. Akuna Kachasa. So no, it's not Kachasa. But like, speaking about that, at Cadnets we do whiskey, but we also do. Pretty much anything that I like. Um, that's, that's our um, selection process. Well, actually, we, we, we'll bottle anything that's good if the price is right, if it meets the philosophy, you know, natural color, non-chill color, no added sugar. Like, I got offered some rum the other day that was really, really good from a closed distillery at a really good price, and I know it would sell, but it was colored. 
So, so I had to reject it. So we're doing lots of things. We're doing more cognacs. We're doing more Armagnacs. We're doing Calvados. We're doing um, Cachaca. We've got some Mezcal coming. I know you guys beat me to it, um, but then you generally do beat me. Um, but it's... it's About the head. Lo- yeah, we've got lots of things coming. So yeah, when it comes to Cadenhead's um, cask purchasing philosophy, well, 1979 was the year my wife was born, so we bought a lot of stuff from 1979 oh, nice. last year. <laughs> And I'm from 1980, so we're buying a lot of stuff from 1980 for, for, for next year. Yeah, so, so, so pretty much that's the philosophy. Is that Ranald is from 1980 as well, so I can get away with it even more. Um, so, yeah. En- so, enjoy it, my friend. The so, ship has already sailed on 73 and 74. Ah, well, 73. I've got, I've got some 73. I found some 1973 in my car last night. So Did you kick her out? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. I stuck it in a suitcase and brought it here for you. So <laughs> wow, well, she has a name. <laughs> Let me eat out of here. <laughs> All right. So what do we think of this? Got a touch of spice, maybe a hint of peat, a nice warmth to it. Whoa, the palate is wild. I don't know what the hell's going on there. No idea what oh, that is. Oh, that's good. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Are you trying to be Richard Patterson there? Hello, how are you? Very good. <laughs> Don't toss that, whatever you do. They're going to toss you. You know, you've taken your Patterson impression too far. Uh, well, yeah, I love Richard Patterson. Richard Patterson is, you can cut this bit out of the podcast, but Richard Patterson is the reason I got married. 100% true. It was uh, 2007. I was at Whiskey Live Tokyo. I, I was working for Duncan Taylor at the time. My wife was working for Springbank. And we both went to Tokyo together. And uh, lots of the whiskey industry were there. We were all drinking responsibly, obviously. And um, all drinking, 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 drinking. And then we went out. And then we went drinking, drinking, drinking. And then we went back to the hotel. And there was maybe 20 of us Scotch people there in, in the bar, and it was an amazing bar, and this is why the Japanese com- economy failed, because they gave us a free bar for a week. It was just, it was, it was ridiculous. So Richard went up to his room and came back with three, he came back to the bar with three bottles of Jura, and Richard being Richard, he, he, he poured Kate, my now wife, um, a dram of the sherry cast one. He's like, oh, you're a girl, you'll like the sherry cast one. And it was horrible. And um, and Kate and her and her drunken logic, she thought if I drink this quickly, I'll um, I'll get a decent drum. So the quicker she drunk it, the more he filled up oh. her glass. Oh. And then she woke up next to me, and now we're married. So, hey. uh, so uh, that's what we call a happy ending. Uh, yeah. So so Richard Patterson is the reason that I'm married. So, wow. So, uh, so I, I I love Richard. He's mm, brilliant. Mm, 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 Do you love mm. your wife? Oh, absolutely. Even more than Richard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So grab the final whiskey if you have not already. Whiskey number eight. In fairness, you can put that in the podcast if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> I thought you were keeping it out for Patterson's sake. <laughs> for, for, the, for the start... Patterson like, was like, no, I had nothing to do with that. But once he realized we were serious, he was like, oh, yeah, this was all me. This was all me. <laughs> oh. He is a little Cupid. Oh, there we go. Th- these last two are not alike. No. Oh. 
These are totally different beasts. Two very different, very different whiskies. This is much more, I want to say medicinal, but on the nose, but you know, like when hospitals used to be clean. <laughs> There's, um, I get bakery notes. Just that nice fresh bread. Yep. Quick question. If you're having a good time, yell really loud. That wasn't a question, you guys. That was a statement. There was a distinct pause there as people asked themselves, am I having a good time? I know. It's the the magic of editing. You guys are going to be screaming before I even... Was that that not a jam song? Did I have a nice time? I can't remember. Did I have a nice time? (laughs) 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 Fresh out. Drunk as dry. What's what's your oldest? I really hate that when you're at whiskey shows and people just come out going, give me your oldest. It's awful. What's your your most expensive? Yeah, what's your most expensive? Yeah. Just really Our oldest one? Me. Sold? Huh? This is cracking. I can't, I can't. Which, which year? Which year what? That we've done? Uh, what's the oldest we've done? 1974. Yeah, 1974. The, the, the oldest cask we've got, I believe, is from 1956. Foie, foie, foie. Foie, foie, foie. <laughs> but it's shit, shit, shit. Is it? <laughs> we'll buy it. Is it whiskey? No, not anymore. Um, like, it, it, it's, it, it, it's under strength, and there's like six liters in the cask, and it tastes like wood syrup that's been... Uh, it's so disgusting, it's even I wouldn't drink it. Um, you know, it, like... It's saying something. You know, it's really when, when I first joined the company, I... I Found this cask. Well, I say I found this cask. Yeah, this is one of the big myths. Oh, we found a cask. We're walking through the warehouse. Oh, oh, we're driving our Range Rovers and we go to the tier and we buy this cask. Oh, we forgot about this cask. No, it doesn't happen. Bollocks. You find it on you find it on spreadsheets, but it's not really romantic, (laughs) you know, to go. Oh yeah, we found this cask on C one hundred ninety four. Yes, stick that in the back of the label. Oh no. Yeah, well, we travelled round Scotland for this hidden cast that someone had forgot. If people had forgotten about it, it wouldn't exist. Because HMRC, have, you have to know where your casks are. Yes, so this, oh, it's forgotten cask. Yeah. just You can yeah. swear, it's okay. <laughs> I'm trying not to. He just, doesn't want to, yeah. Yeah, because I, I'm that annoyed about this mm. bollocks that people <laughs> say. It's just like, yeah, oh, we found a cask. Oh, whoop, did, you don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, you don't go... Like, Maybe you do sometimes go to distilleries. Sometimes I do go to distilleries. And uh, one, when I went to Cognac, it was the greatest experience of my life. Well, I've had better. Uh, but, um, but, uh, but, <laughs> but <laughs> sounds, sounds like you say that to all the girls. <laughs> but, but <laughs> oh, ho, ho. wow. Yeah, but my milkshake is so much better. Uh, but it, it's, um, what's weird is it brings the boys to the yard. I'm not yeah. sure you want the boys coming to your yard. Well, anyway. Maybe. So when I went to Cognac, it, it gave the impression of what my job is, which is because I went to Cognac, I, I, we bought a cognac, and I, I said to my boss, I want to bottle more cognac, but I know nothing about cognac. My boss loves my wife, by the way. She used to work for Springbank. Uh, the only reason I got the job is because they want Kate back. 
Um, so there were, it was like, oh, I went to bottle more cognac, but I know nothing about it. And he was like, well, I've got cognac for a week. And take Kate and your boy. I was like, happy days. I then said, I don't know anything about rum. He was like, nah, you're taking the piss. <laughs> uh, and we went to cognac, we went to Charpentier. I'll have a bottle at some point on this table tomorrow of Charpentier. And the guy let me, showed me around. We stayed in his chateau and it was, it was brilliant. He had a pool and he's got a daughter the same age as my son, Zach, and they're going to get married and I'm going to inherit a vineyard. Um, so, so it's, you know, it's, uh, it was really good. But then we went into the warehouse and I was wanting to pick some casks for Cadenheads. He let me into the warehouse and he went, here's a Valinch, here's a bung puller, and here's some bottles. I've got stuff to do. I'll be back in two hours. Help yourself. Oh, jeez. Had he met you before? No, he'd oh. never met me before. Okay. <laughs> Rookie error. I believe his company is now going under. But no, it's, <laughs> but that was, that was amazing. But that's what people think our jobs are. But most of the time, you're getting samples. Yep. You know, and you... Yeah. It would be nice to go around and pick from, and occasionally you pick at the distillery just because you got drunk with the distillery owner. You know, that, that's how things happen. Yeah. I, I will say we've never found a cask in a warehouse. We have lost casks in warehouse. That's when actually they're, true. They're on a spreadsheet, but they're not in a physical warehouse. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> HMRC are coming after you. Yeah, really. that's not fun at all. So we, we're, we're reaching we the out. very end. We have five minutes left. Thank you very much. So now. We need a vote. <laughs> she did not like that whiskey at all. Taxi for one. <laughs> so, whiskey number one of the final two. Raise your hand if you prefer that. Oh, thank fuck we won a round. All right, whiskey uh, number no two. Better hand up yet. Whiskey number two. <laughs> I'd say that's fairly even still. It's fairly <laughs> even. <laughs> I think this whole second masterclass has been a tie. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Thank I, you, Mark. I think Wonderful. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We have to, we have to tell people what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. What yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, oh, yeah. You're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> it's delicious. By the whatever yours was, was absolutely delicious. Well, just like um, on the first tasting where I pulled an English out of my arse, which... Um, <laughs> That sounded wrong. Like a literal English person came yeah. out of his arse. <laughs> um, but this time I, I, I went for Paul John. So, ah. so an Indian whiskey. Six years old. Seven. Oh, seven. Seven years old, but it had been five years maturing in Goa, which is a little bit warmer than Scotland, uh, and then two years maturing in Campbelltown. Uh, which you're allowed to do with Indian whiskey, unlike Irish whiskey, as we've discovered, uh -huh. uh, and cognac, and um, <laughs> lots of other things that I got found out about. Um, but, yeah, hey, oh, you only live once. Um, but the being in Scotland, it's mellowed down. Like, yeah. I loved it for yeah. a start, um, but it was much, much spicier. And by having two years, and you've got to remember, two years out of us, seven years, is quite a big proportion. Yeah. Sure. It's um, two sevenths. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it really is. So it, it's actually mellowed it down quite a lot. And, yeah. and, I, I, and I love that. We've got casks in Campbelltown that we're looking to do five years and five years. Nice. And I was hoping that Shilton would be here because last year when I was here and I beat him in a dance off in this very stage <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, he said he was going to give me some new make spirit that we could do 100%. Um, and that's why he's not here, because he was, 
Yeah, he brought the, the, he was scared of the fear, you know. Uh, so oh, the fear. So yeah, so that that's <laughs> I love that. And again, it sums things up. Caddenheads, bottling. You guys have been bottling American, and you did a yeah, great number. Yeah. yeah, you've done some fantastic mezcal. You you bought some great stuff. Um, Thank you. But you guys are. I don't mean you're normal now because there's nothing freaking normal about you. Wow. But what I mean is it's it's not new to be bottling other things. Yeah. Cadenheads, we've been bottling non-Scottish whiskies, rum, other things for hundreds of years. Well, not yeah. hundreds, but for a long, long time. Yeah. And it's quite nice to see that everyone is now catching up with us and people are like, oh, you're actually quite trendy. And like, no, we've been doing it forever. <laughs> Just you didn't bother to look at us. It's, you know, so it's it's... It is good. So you're, you're saying you're like the flares of the Scotch whiskey industry. Well, absolutely. Like you come back every twenty years. You, you look at you, we, rum. Rum's popular now. We've been doing it since 1842. Gin. Gin took a huge boom. We've been bottling independently bottling gin since 1972. Mm. Wow. Yeah, way ahead of the curve. Yeah. See, I've just bought some Kishasha. See, in 20 years' time, you'll all be like, "Oh, Kishasha's the biggest thing," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'd been there, done that." <laughs> You, d- you didn't want to buy it then. But. So, uh, we need to end here, but we need to reveal what the final one was. Yep. That was the 15-year-old Lechig that I had mentioned before. So, 15 years in second fill uh, bourbon Re- hoggy. Refill. Refill yeah. bourbon hoggy. It was superb. Yep. And so, the thing that I love about peated whiskeys and refill bourbon is that all of the spirit shines through. I think you were shouting, you make spirit over here. I love the fact it's basically 15-year-old new make spirit. You're not getting framing from the cast. Can I? You're not getting wood influence. You're getting the spirit with a bit of age on it. You're getting 23 seconds because we got to get out of here. 23 seconds, go. Go. 23 seconds. The good thing is I agree with him. Um, When it comes to casks, and I think you agree, like I love a big sherry cask whiskey. You know, I grew up at McAllen. It's getting recorded, so I'll shut up. Um, you know, I, I, grew, I grew up in McAllen, so I do love a, a big sherry cask whiskey. Um, but sometimes sherry cask can overpower a whiskey. And For it, sure. can, it can be a great whiskey, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you love a big sherry bomb, and it's fantastic. But is it a Mortlick? Is it a Klein Leash? Is it a, an Imperial? No, it's just a big sherry cask whiskey. And if you're an independent bottler, you want the DNA of the original distillery yes, to come exactly. through. Yes, exactly. And I think with this Ledeg, you've nailed it. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. 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 Um, <laughs> Let me end it on this. Uh, if you're interested in hearing the podcast, hearing yourselves laugh again, uh, it's One Nation Under Whiskey. Uh, check it out. We've been doing, Jason and I have been doing this for three, almost four years now. Um, and it's uh, industry dorky. Yes, sorry. Go ahead. Can I just say you should? And I'm trying to not like let you bum yourself up too much. But it is um, the the podcast is amazing. I've um, spent the last week like listening to all of it. And uh, have I, uh, as I've said, the production values have went up a lot since you first interviewed me. Um, <laughs> Also, thankfully, their editing skills are really good, so most of this won't actually make it into the final cut. But, That's debatable. But one of the things I love is, like, I, I read it. I, I, I read it because I'm that good at listening to podcasts. Two and a half hour uh, yeah. transcripts. Yeah. I, I listen to it, but my finger follows the line. No, but, like, I listen to it, and it is amazing. 
you know, because these guys are brilliant and the stuff they give me. But also, for me, it's like meeting up with friends that I know, friends from the West Like today, I listened to one from Richard Duckert. You know, I was drinking with him in Shanghai the other day. You know, David Stark, you know, I listened to his one. It was like, ah, you stole all my lines, um, but I stole your job. So it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, well, it's one, I love David Stark, but one of the greatest things he's ever done is not bottle all the good stuff at Cannonhead so that I could. Um, but it's, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it is great. So I, I thoroughly recommend, don't listen to the ones I'm in. But make sure you listen to their <laughs> podcast because it, it's, it's phenomenal. Cheers. Let's Cheers. go to the whiskey Thank quiz. You. A serious and sincere thanks to the good Mark Watt for agreeing to do this tasting with us, for allowing us to play some part in 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 your story, your time at Caddenheads. Uh, it really was an honor to pour next to you again from an industry standpoint, but also from a friend standpoint. Just being up there with you, Mark, was was such good fun. And and you too, Jason. It was it was okay being with you as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna second everything you just said. Uh, and and to add in, you, you can hear clearly in listening to that masterclass that the three of us were just having a blast oh, yeah. sharing the stage yeah, yeah. with one another and and tasting one another's pores and and seeing the way in which each of us framed that tasting mm-hmm. you know given that we said it in the very beginning there was no there was no plan there which you know i think is a bit of our mo but also we'd, we'd kept our list of pours away from Mark and he'd kept his list away from ours. Mm-hmm. And yet you could see the way we'd each thought of yeah. a first round, an opening whisk, a second. What well, we should follow that? Third, could I surprise you in some way? Fourth, can I finish really solid? Like really, really nice to mm-hmm. see the way the three of us thought about mm-hmm. placing whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's over. This is the end. We spent a good six months looking forward to that masterclass, and now, now it's three months in our rearview mirrors. God, time just is without relent. It's true. It just keeps going. It's true. It keeps going. Same. Speaking th- of, you've got a birthday coming up. Another year will have passed. Another trip around the sun. Another trip around the sun on Spaceship Earth. There you go. Amazing. So. Yeah. Do you know where I'll be? <laughs> nope. No idea. Moving on. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, you know where I'll be? Not there. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Oh, I'm happy to report uh, where I was and what I've been doing once I'm back. Um, I could just... That's where it works out for you. I mean, where I am could just be my room in my, you know, mm-hmm. my whiskey room. That's where it works out. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got an email queued up for us. I do have an email and you know it's a question from from Elijah Amamon which Oh, uh, Amamon. Yes. New daddy. And oh yeah, that's right. So Elijah Amamon sent us in a question and and it's it's a question that you and I have been answering since 2011. 
And it's one of these questions that, uh, to be fair, and this is a, this is no fault of Elijah's. Mm-hmm. It's a question that that we would love to see in a rearview mirror because uh, we're just tired of answering it. Uh, but 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 reading this question, I think I realize uh, we may not have broached this subject on the on the pad cost before. Okay, or if we did, it was just sort of in passing. And it was just like, oh, okay, let's get this out of the way and and let's move on. But, you know, Elijah sent this question in a while ago, and I feel as if we owe it to him to answer it. And maybe if we answer it here on the podcast, all of our listeners, the 30, 40,000 people who who check us out every month uh, might say, oh, thanks for clearing that up. I shall never... Think about that subject ever again. <laughs> and you know, if they do send in for the mailbag episode, so be it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, to be honest, it's going to be weird talking about midget porn on the podcast, but that was his question. So, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, that wasn't his question? No? Right. I think that's your question. Oh, it's not my question. All right. So the subject is simply kosher whiskey. Kosher whiskey. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so he says, Greetings, Jason and Joshua, slash, oh. <laughs> slash Joshua and Jason. <laughs> you can't get away from the fact he used Jason first. You just can't deny that. Well, you know, Even the, the old switcheroo. You know, the interesting thing is, he asked the question about kosher whiskey, and I'm the one Jew amongst the two of us. So you think he'd put us first, but you know, hey, we all have a sh- uh, you, know, uh, you know, I've I've answered this question enough times. I feel <laughs> my Jewish by proximity is never stronger than it is when answering this question. You know, every time uh, someone asks this question, a Jewish child loses his foreskin. <laughs> a Jewish foreskin gets its wings. <laughs> Uh, exactly. I'm glad you saw what I was doing there. Okay. So he says, I hope you are both doing well. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jason? Mm-hmm. Take it, boo. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, good. He says, I'm going to keep this short and sweet and hard to beat. <laughs> he's, he's learned nothing from listening to us. <laughs> uh, I like this already. All right. So he says, my friend Aaron Kraus who is also a friend of ours. Good friend. Good, 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 good guy. Uh, My friend Aaron Krauss and I were partaking in whiskey talk, and he suggested I ask the experts. But he couldn't find them, so he asked us instead. (laughs) (laughs) He says, what makes whiskey kosher? Specifically with wine cask matured whiskey, and then in paren he puts especially sherry, question mark. Uh, He says, thank you for your time and answer. So I think the best way to answer this question is not what makes a, a whiskey kosher. It's what could potentially make a whiskey not kosher. Because if you think about whiskey's raw ingredients, water, yeast, barley, there's nothing about those three raw ingredients that would make anything not kosher. So we would call that 
internally we say KBN, kosher by nature, right? There's, there's, there's really nothing of concern there. The, which is uh, which is echoed yeah. by the Scottish Rabbinical Council, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who consider all whiskies to, to be, be kosher, kosher by nature. Now, but yeah, it's not as simple as that. Well, the thing for some, the thing with kosher and, and with not people, well, people, the thing with kosher and the lo- <laughs> breaking news, Joshua. Jews are people, okay? <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know what's happening with your Stormtrooper tattoo these days, but Jews are people. You're terrible. <laughs> so, so You're he, the one that said Jews aren't people. I wasn't... That's not what I said. I said people, and you said not people. Well, people. <laughs> because I was thinking about what the issue is, and the issue wasn't around the people. The issue was around the kosher status of a product. However, status of a product. However, you bring up a really good point because the kosher status of a product can differ depending on who you talk to. Indeed. The old adage is you get two Jews in a room, you'll have three opinions, okay? And just for the non-Jewish listeners out there, only Joshua can say that as a Jewish person. You don't get to adopt that now and say you've got Jewish friends. No, they definitely can, but it's all in how you say Jews. If you say Jews, boom, we're good. But if you say Jews, then not good. It's all in the inflection, Jason. Like podcast. Like, like no, because that's, that's, I don't think that you're getting this here. I really, this seems to be a, uh, a pattern with you. You don't seem to properly get it. <laughs> What listeners can't see is Jason's laughing so hard. No sound is coming out of his mouth. Oh, there we go. There we go. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, yes. Continue. Yeah. Continue, Professor Hatton. So you have to- I'm going to enjoy a clementine while you teach us. So you have three raw ingredients. Barley, yeast, water. All kosher by nature. Now, you take those three ingredients. You ferment it, turning it into a, a wash or a beer- you distill that, and then you put it into cask to mature it, to mature that spirit, and then that spirit becomes a whiskey. Now, the question of kosher status comes to the type of cask that you are maturing your whiskey in. Now, if you're maturing your whiskey in anything that has held a grape-based product. Yeah, it's the grapes that complicate matters. Right? be it red wine, white wine, uh, sherry, port, Madeira, cognac. Uh, what else? What else could you use wine to make? Could, or did grapes you say Sauterne? Well, that's a, that's a white wine. Fino? That's a sherry. Port? Yep, I mentioned that one. Grappa? Uh, grappa, that, that's a very good point. Yeah, I guess they do do grappa casks. Anyway, it really has to do with the grape because wine in Jewish culture has has always gone beyond culture. Wine has always been a sacrament. It's meant to be used in religious practices. And dating back thousands of years, you know, 
Jewish Jews wanted their own specific wine. They didn't want to trade with uh, pagans because there was wine for the pagan gods and wine for the Jewish gods. They'd always separate it, and wine had to be made in a certain way to get a kosher status. So how would that wine be made? The person to make that kosher wine had to be a Sabbath observant Jew. And for those of you out there who are big Lebowski fans, that would mean that they are Shomer Shabbos. How come you don't roll on Saturday, Walter? I'm Shomer Shabbos. What's that, Walter? Yeah, and in the meantime, what do I tell Lebowski? Saturday, Donnie, is Shabbos, the Jewish day of rust. That means I don't work. I don't drive a car. I don't fucking ride in a car. I don't handle money. I don't turn on the oven. And I sure as shit don't fucking roll! Sheesh. Shomer Shabbos! Walter, how am I going to... Show her fucking shots. Oh, fuck. That's it. I'm out of here. And so then you mature like you do other wines. You you mature that wine in cask, and and then you've got a kosher wine to be used for sacrament, to be used for drinking, etc. And religious Jews will only drink kosher wine. And the concern is, whether it's red wine, white wine, fortified wine, such as sherry port Madeira, whether it's a cognac or a grappa or any of these... The concern by the kosher keeping community is that if you mature your whiskey in a cask that previously held non-kosher wine, does that affect the whiskey? Does that nullify the whiskey's kosher by nature status? Okay. Now, like Jason had said, the Scottish rabbis... And in their council, deem all whiskey to be kosher by nature, regardless of cask maturation, you know, the type of cask used to mature the whiskey. However, getting back to the, if you have two Jews in a room, you have three opinions. Other Jews have other opinions. So the question comes down to, for some, is the intent to make your whiskey taste like that wine? And if the intent is there, oof, well, maybe we have an issue. And, and then another question is exactly how much wine is in that whiskey? And there's a, there's a series of books called the Talmud, which, is, which was written over, you know, years upon years, you know, centuries, where the rabbis would read the Bible and argue about the Bible and what it meant, what it doesn't mean, and so yeah. on. And in interpretation and application. Exactly. So in the Talmud, it talks about intent. And then in the Talmud, it also talks about the 160th rule. And the idea is, let's say you, you go to a restaurant and you go to the kosher section of the restaurant and you get all of your food and you're walking over to your table and you walk past a table with everybody's eating bacon and a piece of bacon falls onto your plate. And the question is, oof, how much bacon was it? If it was less than 160th, then everything on your plate is still kosher. But if it's more than that, then your food is officially tainted and you should not eat it. So the question becomes, in a whiskey that was matured in sherry casks or wine casks, how do you rate that whiskey? And I think it was Dr. Bill Lumsden who did these tests 
and found out that, at least in the Glenmorangie whiskeys, you could basically rate the wine in parts per million. Hmm. Interesting. Right? So, so we have that. So I would say, well, that as far as Talmudically speaking, uh, that's not going to get in the way of, of, of your whiskey. Was the intent to make your whiskey taste like sherry or taste like the wine? And I think you've got two schools of thought. You have Highland Park that at one time said, no, they're just interested in seeing what American oak does as opposed to European oak, as opposed to Spanish oak, as opposed to French oak. But how do you get those different types of oak? Well, they're used to mature different kinds of wine. And it just so happens to be, if you want that Spanish oak, you need to get the sherry, the sherry wood, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Am I explaining yeah, yeah. this yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but then I would say there are others who would say, no, we really want that sherry impact. So, so then it becomes up to you. Like, are you comfortable with that? And if you're comfortable with that as a kosher keeper, then, then cool. And if you're not, well, then that's kind of cool too. And that's why when people have been approaching us since 2011 to say, oh, you know, you guys have got kosher whiskey, you know, you are the Jewish whiskey company. You know, our take was never to make a recommendation. Our position was simply to share the information, the maturation uh, information, so that somebody could make up their own mind. Yeah. How do I feel about a refill sherry butt, a first fill sauterne, uh, a bourbon cask? How do I feel about that? And then it's up to them whether they want to go ahead and buy it, drink it, share it, whatever they want to do with it. We were never making decisions on no. behalf of any kosher keeping folk. Definitely not. And to be very clear, when people say to us, oh, you guys have the kosher whiskey, I'd stop them dead in their tracks. I say, no, no, no. What we have is whiskey. We yep. deem it to be kosher by nature because we uh, we subscribe to what the Scottish Rabbinical Council says and to to what to what I said about um, the Talmud and intent and the one sixtieth rule and so on. Um, we've had plenty of kosher certification companies reach out to us saying, hey, we would like to kosher certify your whiskey, and we've always stayed away from it. We would rather give people all of the information they need to make their own educated decision. All we, all we aim to do is bottle really good whiskey, give people the information they need, and, and move on from there. Yeah, yeah. Our, our take has always been understanding what kosher whiskey is and isn't but then being fully transparent. That's exactly. always been our number that's one yep. takeaway. Yep. And yep. that's that's why we get asked this question, and this is why we answer this question, and this is why it remains an important question, but I think our answer is reasonably simple and straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it might have taken a few minutes to you know, get through all the bones of it, but there it is for consumption. We're, you know, we're not confused by the issue, and... If you listen carefully, I don't think consumers are confused by the issue either. Correct. But you just need to you just need to hear that explanation that one time just to get it under. So thank you to Elijah for for reaching out to give us that chance to yeah make it clear for those who either hadn't heard it previously or maybe it got fuzzy 
or maybe they just wanted to know our particular stance on it. Yeah, the only thing that I would say that that we do in order to keep the kosher by nature status of our whiskey is every year during Passover, you know, there there are certain uh, procedures that we follow when, and it's 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 an interesting one, and, and I'll say this really quickly. So those who who are familiar with Passover, it's an eight day Jewish holiday to commemorate the Jews' escape from Egypt, and they say that because the Jews were trying to leave Egypt so so quickly, they didn't have time to to bake bread, to, to, to have their bread rise. And that's where matzah came from. And there's one of these Jewish laws that say, well, if you have leavened bread products or grain products in your house, you have to quote unquote, sell that product to a third party, a non-Jewish third party. And after the Indeed. eight days are done, you buy it back. And that's to keep the the kosher status of, of your grain products. And really you're just quarantining these products in your house and, and just staying away from grain stuff. Um, and we've been following that practice ever since we started, um, ever since we started the company. So while we do not seek kosher certification, we do follow the, the Passover rule. So do you think that uh, we answered this question to, to satisfaction? I think we answered that thoroughly. I think Elijah, and I, here's the thing. Elijah was speaking with Aaron Krauss. Mm-hmm. Aaron Krauss is incredibly knowledgeable of his people and his culture. I'm sure Aaron gave a thorough answer. We're definitely not more expert on this than Aaron Krauss is. All we've really done is add on the single cast nation wrinkle that really guides us. Yes. Yeah, Exactly. Well, Jason, I think that is probably a good time to to shut our doors here, to move along. I think we came along. I think we had a good time. It was an absolute pleasure to share that masterclass that we thoroughly enjoyed with Mark Watt. Mm. As you mentioned earlier in the podcast, we did do two back-to-back with a dinner break in between. And if you did enjoy that, one that we uh, presented, do stick around and listen to the excerpts from the other masterclass. And just a reminder, our mailbag episode goes live February 12. So if you do have a question, uh, please get it in by January 31st, which is a Friday. And like Jason had said, you don't have to go back and listen to all the episodes if you're a new listener, whether your question's been asked or not. Uh, Just go ahead and ask away. And... We're more than happy to hear your questions. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, no, no, nothing's really off the table. You send it in. We'll we'll decide if you've gone too far with your question. But yeah, if, if there's something that you're pondering or curious about, please do send it in. I'd love to hear what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. All right. And if, if you've never written in before, clearly we've got some amazing supporters out there. And we, we hear their names, Michael Nolan, James Foster, Philippe Fanavong, uh, Leo Vatesman, <laughs> you know, obviously Elijah Amamamamon is one of them as well. But we, we've got some tremendous, tremendous supporters out there. But we've got more supporters that we've never even heard of and mm. never heard from. So, you know, if you've never written in, please go ahead and do so as well. We'd love to hear from some first-time writers. What is it, long-time listeners, first-time writer? Uh, or caller. But in this case, uh, no one's going to call in. 
yeah, Natalie and Liz, uh, write in, communicate with us plenty yeah. as well. Yep. Dan Grayson. Yep. Right? Gosh, now now I feel bad. Now, <laughs> this is the trouble when you start naming names. You're like, oh, and I need to name that other one. And I need to name yeah. that other one. Tim Gullicksrud. Tim Gullicksrud, Tim Mooshaw, you know. Leo Vatesman. <laughs> Have we said that? That's at least one that we did get twice. Yeah, just, I like saying Leo's name twice. Just, just cause. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what it means either. Our next episode will be a year in review, Joshua. Is that true? Yes. Oh, man. Well, I know what my whiskey of the year is. Okay. Which is very exciting. Okay. And and I've been thinking about, you know, the years. So I need to think about it a little more. But mm-hmm. but uh, I've got my highlights and I've got my lowlights. We never discuss the lowlights, do we? Well, I'm going to be talking about you a lot. So there's going to be a few of them. <laughs> On that bombshell, let's get out of here and hand it over to the snippets after the closing credits. All right. Cheers, Joshy. Cheers. Bye. You didn't want to say that into the microphone? Sorry, this smells amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. When Jason and I started Single Cast Nation 2011, there was one distillery that I wanted to bottle whiskey from. And I said, You've never got a spring bank. We've never done a spring It took us eight years to find a cask of this. So. It's the number one distillery that I collect from. So this is a 23-year-old Imperial. Great from, distillery. Uh, gr- what? Great distillery. Oh, I thought you said grain distillery. <laughs> great. Great, great, great. Clear your ears out. I, there are some nodding heads out there. Some of you already pegged this as Imperial. Billy Abbott pegged it. Bottom left. That's because Billy's got drowning in Imperial at the minute. So The evidence is over there. It is real. Did anyone peg this as an imperial? I just asked that question. I know, but no one answered you. Billy okay. Abbott nodded okay, his head. Billy Abbott got it. Okay. Did anyone peg this as an imperial? <laughs> <laughs> now that's the good question. That was an excellent question. Well put. <laughs> any others? A bit like Joshua, any of you collect any imperials? I kind of try to, but I drink them. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I say collect, I mean I just buy them, open them, and drink them. Like, uh, I uh, reseal them, fill them with tea, stick them in auction. No, um, it's it's um, Imperial is one of those ones I've always had a soft spot for, mm-hmm. um, and it's always been one of my favourites. So I'm really pleased that you've brought this along because we don't have any stock left. <laughs> get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Enjoying the scene. Get on with it. It's only just begun. So, Mark. <laughs> yes, so this one, this Space Side Distillery, and I like it. Uh, 26 year old. Let's be brutally honest, the Space Side Distillery never had the greatest of reputations mm. uh, until it started getting a bit older. And I think now it's kind of coming into its own. And this, this is sculling whiskey. Uh, obviously, I 
like to promote responsible drinking, cannes, blah, 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 and all that, you know. Uh, but that's the legal bit out of the way. Uh, but, you know, it's you... This is something you can drink a lot of quite easily, but when you actually stop and look at it, there's quite a lot of flavour going on. Yeah, yeah. What was it about this whiskey that you said, oof, uh, I, this is the one I have to bottle? Well, it's fairly easy picking casks of whiskey. I mean, you do it. Like, I put it in my mouth and I swallowed it. And All went, right. Yeah. So it went down your throat? Yeah, it went. Okay. All right. Is everybody getting that? Like a, oh. This is how we select casks. Yeah, that was pretty good. Because what you don't do is you don't, move. you don't hand select casks. You get all this. We hand picked our casks. Mm. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that one's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll work in a podcast. <laughs> and now the man with a wet hand is holding an electronic microphone. I'll <laughs> just be glad it's whiskey. You know, but um, again, it's looking at it. it the, the scary thing is when you're picking casks and when you're picking them out of casks that we do, when you taste whiskey in the office, you're actually looking for reasons not to bottle things. You know, you're sitting going, is there anything wrong with this? Is there a reason why we shouldn't bottle this? Will someone not like this? Well, is there any off notes? Yeah. And that's why it's nice to come to these kind of things where you drink for enjoyment. You know, you're like, oh, I like this. You're not having to analyze things and going, right. Is Dave Broom going to give me any good points for this? Well, no, he won't. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Not why. Not tonight, he, Josephine. Not tonight. Yeah, but I, I actually really liked this. I thought there was a lot going on. And also looking at it, it's 26 years old. But being brutally honest, this is not going to get better. If you leave it for another five, six years, it's probably not going to be better. Well, that said, you know, people that bottle single casts like me and quite a few of you in the room... Um, yourselves, yeah, single cast nation kind of gives it away, single cast bottlers. Um, people will say, we bottled this whiskey when it reached its peak. How do you know? How do you know, sir? What do you know? No, even I don't know. It's just made up. You, you know, the only way to truly know when a cask has reached its peak is to go, do you know what? That was good. That, that was good last year. <laughs> it's, we bottle things at an educated yeah. guess when we like them and that's kind of how it, how it works for me I don't know what your process is maybe you, you know, dip a cucumber in the cask and try and pick it from there or whatever but, you know, it's you one know, man's cucumber <laughs> another man's salad um, but it's uh, <coughs> wow <laughs> only tossed oh, easy, easy so, so, I, so I don't want you to reveal what this is well, he did. He did reveal he named, it. He named the distillery? He named it. Yes. He said he the Speyside Distillery. Oh. Are you in the same tasting that I'm in? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to leave that as a tease. No. Oh. All right. nothing, are... nothing teasing about me. I just put all, right. all it there. These people are too good. Yeah. Okay. I see you shiver with anticipation. All right. Let's, let's move to ours. Yeah. So, so the roll closest to you... Second on the left. You're Canadian. Canadians don't joke. Let's be honest. (laughs) 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 To quote Sam the Canadian, the Canadian barn dance, so simple, even a Canadian can do it. And if they get it wrong, then they apologize, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So 
just to follow up a little bit on what Mark was saying there about selection, is Josh and I looked at each other for a moment there and thought, well, that's not exactly how we do it. Um, we also have not started putting out hundreds across, what, 40-some markets globally. So we're of a different scale at this I'm, time, I'm getting Mark. rid of a few markets, but... We'll okay. Well, breaking news. <laughs> Sorry. Is the U.S. Ones. one of them? No, no, the U.S. is okay. okay well, safe. it depends how this tasting goes. But. <laughs> so, the, so the U.S. is one of them. Um, and so one of the things that Josh and I do in, in tasting is when we get a sample, uh, obviously we'll eyeball it for natural color, um, but we're not color guys. We're not gonna rule something out if it's really pale. Uh, I think the Imperial as a starter kind of showed you that we're okay with pale whiskey. Uh, for us, whiskey doesn't necessarily have to be whiskey colored, uh, although it is for a lot of the American consumer. Um, so we'll check, the eyeball the color, just get a sense of it, and then we'll give it a nose. And immediately we're actually looking for nose texture, uh, if possible. Um, and so we really want to actually feel something going in the nose. It doesn't happen every time. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Not solids, only vapors. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> sip it with your nose. You're just smelling it. Yeah, yeah. Nose, so you never had a... You don't know nose you've texture? You've never had a... Sam Simmons is uh, berating me over nose texture here. So, you, so you've never had a whiskey where even just nosing it, you felt like it's now, filled the olfactory would, would, system? Would, would, this, like would, this, would this smell smooth? Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. okay. Low blow. Low blow. Yeah. Okay. Show me the proof. I see Mark, how this pillow fight's proof. going now. Okay, That was a pillow to the groin there. Uh, Josh has said it many times on the podcast and in many, many tastings in the US, the word smooth uh, in describing a whiskey drives him to distraction. I uh, fucking hate it. Yeah, no, 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 the word smooth. I wouldn't say it's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from the nose uh, into the mouth, we're, while, while we're not... Uh, well, we're not color guys. We are texture guys, as Sam has heard about nose texture. So when it gets on the palate, we're looking for oily. We're looking for something mouth-filling, mouth-coating, something you can really chew on. Um, obviously, if it's a Lechig and a refill bourbon barrel, you might not get a lot to chew on in it, uh, but we certainly would still go in search of it. Sometimes you get into the sherry bombs, a little bit more to chew on. We release a Dal Ewan. It was a big malt bomb, tons of malt to chew on in the mouth uh, that was really quite tasty. And then we look for a continue on to finish. If a whiskey that we've got fails at any point, we reject it. Uh, so any whiskey that we do end up bottling and releasing a single cast nation has passed nose, palate, finish, and mouth texture. Mark Watt. See, so, so just coming come back to agree with you there. When you're, uh, which is not something I do often. You do not, I'm you've, surprised. You've, you've got that on wax now. Um, but it's, um, oh. you've, uh, the thing is, do you ever think at times that whiskey, the nose is too good and therefore the palate doesn't deliver what the nose is, so it kind of lets you down? So that you, if, if the nose was just average, well, I don't mean yeah. average, if the nose yeah. was good and the taste was good, it's actually better than a whiskey that the nose is amazing and the taste is good because the nose then promises too much and then yeah. under delivers, um, which I like to do in reverse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but that, that, in a way, that 
the final product, because, because we have a nose test, a palate test, a finish test, we treat, we almost treat the tasting like a book, right? There's a beginning, middle, and end. There's a story arc. Are there pictures? <laughs> For some people, yeah. There's graphic novel versions of all these. But, but, you know, the nose has to make sense to the palate and the palate to the finish and, you know, frontwards and backwards. And I've said this a few times before. If, if you're reading, like, Lord of the Rings is a really good trilogy, right? Nose, palate, finish, right? Fellowship of the Rings, Two Towers, Return of the King. Sorry, I'm a real dork. Um, but if all of a sudden you, you, you pick up the two towers and, and it says that Boba Fett comes down in the Millennium Falcon, you're like, something's wrong. This story doesn't make sense. And so that's how we think about a whiskey. If all of a sudden we nose it, beautiful nose, and then we taste it, and either there's an off note or it just went in a direction that we didn't expect or it was dull by comparison, that's when we reject it. There has to be, there has to be an arc from nose to palate to finish. And that's what I think we found in our second one. Yeah. Um, do you remember which one this is? I do. Okay. okay. I'll let you so keep this talking. One, this one is also, you did a blended grain. Ours is a blended malt. Uh, we understand it's uh, <laughs> primarily uh, Edrington distilleries. 65.4% alcohol from a uh, refill sherry butt. H? Uh, what? Uh, Edrington Distillery, so Highland Park, McAllen, you know, those. Yeah, yeah, We don't know exactly what's in there. We just know that it was an Edrington blend. Okay. So you and didn't blend Nine this years thing. old. Nine years old. So the reason that we still selected this for single cask nation is we were offered a single cask of blended Edrington malt. This, this, this is cracking stuff, and I, I know the parcel of stock, and uh, brilliant. And this speaks to Cheers. quaffability as well. Oh, yeah. You could much. pull the cork out of this on a Friday and recycle the bottle on a Monday. I assume you still recycle glass in Europe. We'll have given up on I, it in America. I, I take it so. you wait a couple of days to do your recycling? <laughs> <laughs> they don't come on. Yeah. You're supposed weekends. to do that Friday, that, that's, Friday evening. That's the only reason I have a company car. Is to, is, you have a company car? Yeah, I have no idea why. <laughs> is, is, and I, I specifically asked for one with a big boot so that I can take my empties to the recycling. <laughs> I normally do it under the cover of darkness. Um, <laughs> it, but you've got to do, not do it too early in the morning because you wake up the whole neighborhood. It's, uh, so the trouble for us in Virginia is our glass now goes back into the trash. And right. so when you put out your, your bin for the bin men, and it rattles a lot more than it normally does. Uh, he knows that it's been a good weekend. So. Or a bad one, yeah. This is, this is one of the great things about selling booze. People drink when they're happy, and people drink when they're sad. You know? <laughs> yeah, so there's no middle ground. Yeah. Even when you're having an okay day, you still have a drink. It's, it's, you know. So uh, there's always an upside to a downside. Because the drink could make your day better. Yeah. Or worse. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. So you want to do your third oh, yeah. whiskey? Third whiskey. Lovely color. Oh, did, did we want to do the head? So Did we want to introduce ourselves? No. No, no, no. no. So, yeah, so, so just taking a step back here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so who preferred oh, yeah. the 26-year-old Speyside from Cadden Heads? Raise your hand. 
Well, so I'm, I'm doing better than this Good number yes. of people. Good, who oh. preferred the nine-year-old blended malt? Okay. I'm currently upset with a lot of people. Yeah, similar split as we had on the, the two greens. <laughs> okay, so who, who didn't like either of them? I'm looking at you. Okay, good. Okay, that's okay. All right. Oh, good, 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 good. Because normally we'll have one person in my tastings that doesn't like anything. Uh, she's normally called Mrs. McGuire. Um, but that's... Uh, <laughs> she's not going to listen to your podcast. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you throw something peaty in at the end. They're like, oh, I like that uh-huh. one. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, those people. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on. All right. Do it to it. Yep. This is the refill bourbon cask, if you're following along. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That is a joke. <laughs> yeah. Even, 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 even on a podcast, you can tell that's not from bourbon. <laughs> Quite dark in color. I mean, you can listen to it. Hear the sherry, hear the sherry. <laughs> Sounds delicious. I'm, I'm getting ear texture. Are you, Sam? I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> I, I, I did a tasting in Denmark once for 300 people, and I was a bit bored, so I started listening to my whiskey and I was like oh you can really hear the coast in this and half the audience did it (laughs) yeah sometimes you get bored when you're up here (laughs) but this 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 is a whiskey that I like um, obviously touch of sherry anything else going on anyone getting anything Pickled walnuts. I was, was going to say pickled, pickled walnuts. walnuts. Pickled walnuts. Uh, pickled walnuts. Pickled walnuts. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. We, we get them in Campbelltown a yeah. lot. Um, yeah. The, the local the co-op. co-op. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Been together too long. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's like, well, obviously you're from Scotland, but you got out, so you're a bit different. Um, but, they, you know, it's always that thing of, oh, it smells of tropical fruits. Uh-huh. Well, all fruits are tropical in Scotland, you know. <laughs> oh, it's a potato. Oh. <laughs> yes, it does. It smells like a taddy scone. Ah, ta- ta- oh. taddy scone. Yeah, good, yeah, good call. <laughs> I'm getting that now. The power of perception. You know, you say anything. Oh, yeah, it smells like wet sheep. If, en- if anybody would know. <laughs> I grew up on a farm. And this is the thing. See your tasting notes. Your sense of smell is developed as you're growing up. And so, you know, if you grew up in a sweet shop, you'll get sweets. Uh, I grew up in a farm, so a lot of my tasting notes are farmyardy. So I'll be like, oh, wet sheep, warm cow, um, you know. Government subsidy. <laughs> Nanny oh, state. Oh, oh. It's just as well you left the country. Yeah. Yeah, there are no government subsidies in for fairness, farmers in America. In, in, in fairness, he wouldn't know. He's he's a southern softy when he comes to Scotland. You know, I mean, it's true. You can you can hear that Scottish accent coming out in him. You know, it's true. I was educated. Yeah. Was, was... Oh, hey, look at you being able to read. <laughs> I know, and I always put the same thing in your yeah, face. Yeah. He can never read it, but I always put the same thing in his face. Yeah, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> Sleep, sleep well tonight <laughs> with a pillow. <laughs> anyway, do I like this? Do you want to know what it is? Or? I've been, I haven't sipped it yet. It's, it smells so good. It's a really beautiful 
whiskey you have going on here? I'll be honest, this one was not commercially available, um, although it, it was available um, for a bit. It was one that we bottled from our warehouse tastings. Um, so most of you have been to Cameltown. You come to Cameltown, we take you into the warehouse, you get four drams, and then you leave. Yeah. And then the tour starts. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the best time to come to Campbelltown is a Friday. Do, do the Friday afternoon warehouse tasting. Um, the record we've had was two paying customers on the tour and six members of staff turning up. <laughs> I, I, I was three of them. Uh, but no, it's... it's, <laughs> it's um, you know, it's, it, you're always welcome to come down. So this one was part of uh, a bottling that you could get only in the warehouse. So don't name it. Any guesses? You're, 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 a, few, you're a few drams in now. You might be more willing to shout distillery names at us. Uh, Cadenhead? Yeah, that, that famous Smart. Cadenhead distillery. Smart. Yeah. I've seen, Cadenhead distillery. I've seen the chimneys. This act is over. 